<laughs> Hello, kitties. It's your old pal, John Cusier, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And tonight, I'd like to introduce all of you creeps to the Crypt Keeper's podcast, hosted by Spooky Bruce and Horror Ryan. But be careful what you ask for. You may get it. <laughs> so I thought we might do something a little different this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought we might go ahead and start without waiting for like five, ten minutes before we introduce the show. So, hello, <laughs> boils, ghouls, and non-binary fiends. This is the Crypt Keepers. I'm one of the hosts, Spooky Bruce. Sitting from me, uh, sitting across from me, as always, is the pinup girl that graced a hundred bombers in World War II, Horror Ryan. Smoochies, hello, <laughs> and happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. You know, as has been the tradition this year and last year, we try to do a Halloween episode. Yeah, and there is gremlins, and you know, not the fun kind. <laughs> uh, we had problems, technical problems, so we we weren't able to get it out, and I was kind of you know depressed about that. But then I thought, you know. Every episode we do is Halloween. Every day is Halloween. Oh, every day is Halloween. Why do we need a special Halloween episode? You don't. We we celebrate at three sixty five. That's right. Yeah. How you doing? Good. Did you good. Have a good Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was really great. I got to um. My new tradition is to dress up as Michael Myers. Yeah. From Halloween Kills. Uh huh. It's my favorite Michael Myers mask. Yeah. And I have one. And I went to my buddy's house. Stood behind a bush for like two hours, <laughs> and there were so many kids. I, I guarantee I got over 20, maybe 30 mm-hmm. uh, running, screaming children, Yeah, which was good. Um, the funniest was there was, I didn't know this is a tradition now, uh-huh. parents will drive their cars to every house. That's not now. That's been like since I was taking my son trick or treating 15 years ago. This is new to me. Yeah. Like, maybe I just never experienced it, but yeah. there was a family in a van. The children were in the back of the van, mm-hmm. and the back latch was door was open mm-hmm. to where they could just easily get in and out yeah. every, you know, yeah. whenever they stop and get candy. I, I stood still in my Michael Myers outfit. They walked past me, and they're like, oh, it's just a robot. It's just a statue. Don't, <laughs> don't worry about it. And they get their candy. And I slowly move towards them. They freak out. <laughs> they run. They get in the back of the van. And I, I'm literally only just taking m- small steps. Mm-hmm. I'm like not even close to getting yeah. near them. They start like kicking the air. <laughs> and they kick like a water sippy cup lid at me. <laughs> and I lean down. I grab it. And I point at it like, do you want this back? Uh-huh. And they kept driving away. <laughs> And I was like, I guess I got a trophy. I don't know. But it was super fun. And You're a legend now. I guess so. Yeah, they're going to remember know. you forever. Right. Yeah. Uh, creating nightmares since 1984. Yeah. Great. That's right. Yeah. Um, but we had our show, Fright Night 4. Yeah. Went super well. Um, the winner of the Wrestling Battle Royal uh, gauntlet match was um, Wilson the Volleyball. Yeah. And then we headlined. It was super fun. Thank That's you awesome. Everybody for coming out. And it was super great. Um what about you? How was your Halloween? It was now uh, for me. It felt like Halloween kind of ended on Friday night because we had our Halloween annual Halloween party. Yeah, and it was super fun. Uh, a lot of good times. I was, and then 
Uh, Saturday morning, I got sick and had a ton of homework. So that's what I did with my weekend was <laughs> be miserable and do homework. And then uh, um, on actual Halloween, we didn't have any trick-or-treaters. We don't usually, uh, as horrible as it sounds, as much as we love Halloween, we don't usually invite trick-or-treaters to our you know house because we have one step on our front porch that's a lot higher than the other. In the first year, kids kept tripping over it. And we're like, eh, we don't want to get sued. <laughs> right. Yeah, so we just don't hand out candy. And we just sat there and we watched... Um, What's that uh, Netflix series, The Cabinet of Curiosities? Oh, yeah. Super disappointing. Really? Super disappointing, yeah. I love it. Wait, uh, which ones have you seen? The first three. Oh, the first three. So you saw um, uh, Lot. Um, the, and the Rats. The lot, The Rats, I really liked. I, really, I love the rats. I really liked that short story. It was, oh, that was almost perfect. It was so much fun. It was really campy. Um, what was the third one? It freaked me out. What was the third one? The Autopsy? Yes. Yeah. That's great. Uh, also, a great story by Michael, the great, late great Michael Shea. Um, if you are interested in the things he does, I would recommend listening to the HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast, where they have Patton Oswalt, who's a huge fan of him, oh, yeah. like coming on to discuss his stories on several episodes. Oh, that's cool. Um, but then they had, so I, I enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they had Pickman's Model. I don't know any of the Dreams in the Witch House, which are two HP Lovecraft stories. I love Dreams in the Witch House. Pickman's Model is a classic, um, but they were so far off from the source material that and just poor, very, very poorly done. Well, that's a shame. Yeah, I'm still going to watch them. I'm, I'm definitely interested because the first three are really good, in my opinion. Um, the Dreams in the Witch House story is a super dark, disturbing. No, it was just disturbing, but super, super dark. Yeah, right and. They make it very, I think, campy. It feel it, it, it. It's not very Lovecraftian. It's more fantasy. Hmm. So interesting. I was super psyched. I was super psyched to see it, and then I watched them, and I was like, "Eh, no, that's a disappointing Halloween." <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that kicked uh, our Halloween in the gonads uh-huh. was Barbarian. Oh, you watch, you watch it, you yes. enjoyed it, yeah. Um, I had read the synopsis of it, and someone said, "Hey, read it beforehand because it sounds like there might be some um, gross sexual stuff in it." Mm-hmm. And it seemed that way from the synopsis, but from what everyone's telling me, like it's not, it's not that way. It's, it's, it kind of overplayed in the synopsis. It's told to you, yeah, but it's never shown. Yeah, that's what I've, that's what I've heard. So, but um, yeah, that I'm looking that, forward to seeing it sometime. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, not it's, I do like it because it's one of those movies that if you see the trailer, you still don't know anything about the movie. Yeah, yeah. Because I think trailers sometimes gives away a little I, too I much. I think the trailer shows, from what I understand, like the first like 10, 15 minutes. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Just yeah. the first act. That's awesome. Which it should be. Yeah. You know, because when they make the transition to the second act, you're mm-hmm. like, what? Yeah. What is this? <laughs> so it's super fun. That was a fun movie. But uh, we like to be traditional in this house. Yeah. And after scaring some trick-or-treaters, we watched um, It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Okay. And uh, House of Haunted Hill. All right. Yeah. So, all-time classic. The original. Oh, With yeah. Vincent Price. Yeah. I've yeah. never um, I've never seen the remake. Eh, I, I, I think there's a lot of people that like the remake. I, it's not one of the... It, it, it came out around that same time. There's a lot of remakes of classic horror movies coming out. Late 90s, early 2000s. Like 13 Ghosts was one of them. Oh, yeah. That, I know people, that was fun. People love that movie. I did not like it when I saw it. I thought I think it's got charm to it. I, I might go back and watch it sometime because just people just keep saying I love this movie. I love this movie. Like one of my friends at school was like, "That's my favorite horror movie ever." Really? So I might go back and give it a, ch- a shot sometime. I I think I've watched it within the last six months. It yeah. still holds up. I mean, 
early 2000s horror definitely has its own flavor yeah but it's a it's fun because it's it's enough of a departure from the original mm-hmm. it adds its own twist to it but it definitely is like a new metal for, yeah like horror it, movie yeah yeah so. that's a good way of explaining it. it's a new metal horror movie yeah. yeah yeah all those horror movies that are real flashy and yeah uh I, I, the peak new metal movie freddy versus jason oh you know what i think the peak new metal movie is hmm. just because of the soundtrack queen of the damned i've never seen it oh really yeah like uh, we had a conversation about this at the at the the halloween party like what is a movie where the soundtrack surpasses the um the actual movie and that was oh. one of them was queen of the damned oh cool. it's a great sound it's i might delete this because it's gonna sound embarrassing it is some sexy new metal oh yeah it's some sexy ass new metal yeah <laughs> um trying to think of a movie that soundtrack was better underworld Maybe, Maybe, yeah. That might be one. Uh, we also said Crow, City of Angels. I've never seen it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's all right. Things? <laughs> you, got me, you got me in a tailspin. I got myself in a tailspin. <laughs> I'm still in a tailspin. But, yeah. Jesus um, Christ, that's a good one. I will say uh, Barbarian has an all-star cast. Yeah. And speaking of all-star cast. Yeah. Depression. What's that? Vanity. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I'm sorry. That is not vanity. It is Denise Denise Matthews? That's what she's listed. I, that's what she's listed at. But she she rejected vanity, and so I, I think we should like we're, we're kind of dead naming her, right? Oh. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I, mean, so. I didn't know she completely like. Oh yeah. She, so she was like she was disowned to the, the point, name vanity. And we'll talk about this in a bit. But yeah, she did. Oh yeah. wow! I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, beautiful woman yes yes yeah and as they as they tell you over and over again in this episode yes they do <laughs> <laughs> what episode are we on we are on yeah actually we're looking at we didn't because we didn't say it earlier episode six, six of season three dead weight based on a story from vault of horror number 23 weight is w a i t dead weight yes the play on words because someone was waiting the, the waiting isn't really in the episode. It's in it, the comic. It's in the comic, yeah. but also there's way more racism in the comic. Oh, my God. It is one of those. Th- just I streamlined my review or my actual like uh, discussion of the comic. Yeah. And removed all racist comments that were made in the comic. <sighs> it's rough. Every almost every panel of that is somehow racist. Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, so my, oh man. Warning. I was I was very disappointed with everyone involved in the comic at that point. You know, I'm gonna have to say, I'm just right off the bat. Yeah. I remember I can't remember the na- name of the episode, but I think it was season one where we were like, the comic is ten times better than the episode. Uh-huh. This is the flip. Yes. This may be the worst comic comic story. Yes. Of to, of the tales from the crypt that we've covered. Yes. That we've it, ever covered. It does carry some of the racial elements over. A little. But not it's I mean it's, it's way it, more subtle. It's way more subtle and they're not the gross uh, caricatures. Right. Right. So anyway, so we'll get into the episode which is much more enjoyable than the comic. <laughs> uh so this was Deadweight season three, episode six, directed by Toby Hooper, written by Gilbert Adler, starring James Raymer, John Rhys Davies, Whoopi Goldberg, and Denise Matthews. Amidst the backdrop of the Cuban Revolution, Red, a wannabe thief, 
worms his way into the confidence of plantation owner Duvall. While working out how to steal Duvall's one-of-a-kind black pearl, Red begins an affair with Duvall's much younger wife, Katrine. I think it's it's listed as Catherine, but everyone pronounces it Catherine. It, yeah, I wrote yeah. Catherine because that's how the character name is spelled in the credits. But, but it's pronounced Katrine. Katrine. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to mess that up. Just yeah. Let you know. However, local voodoo priestess, Peligre? Is that her name? Is that um, how you say it? Peligre. Peligre. However, a local voodoo priestess, Peligre, warns Red that Katrine is bad news. As the rebels close in on the plantation, Duvall asks Red to escape with Katrine on a military convoy. I have to say it that way without saying, like, Catherine. No one could see his face, but he's, like, <laughs> shooting up his neck and, like, Katrine! Katrine! However, Red and Katrine stay behind to rob Duvall. When Red kills Duvall to get the pearl, Katrine double-crosses him. But Red is saved by Pelligre, who stabs Katrine to death via voodoo doll. Pelligre leads Red away from the plantation and reveals that she has ulterior motives of her own. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Dun, 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 dun. Last time you said, like, hey, maybe we should keep the twist off. So I kept the twist off this, this time. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm shook. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I, I like that. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. And, and also a much shorter synopsis than the last one, oh, which yeah? just went off for like 10 minutes, it felt like. Hey, listen, I can listen to you talk forever. Oh, thank you. So, <laughs> so first up, we have director Toby Hooper. Um, Come on. I know this. Texas Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw. And yes. I want to say Alligator. Oh, you are. I'm it's so not Alligator, close. but you are in the same realm. Damn it. What is it? Eaten Alive. Oh, damn. Yeah. There is an alligator in There's it. an alligator. Okay, yeah, okay. there's several alligators in it. Um, so, yeah, like you said, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Eaten Alive, Salem's Lot, uh, The Fun House, Life Force, Invaders from Mars, which is a huge influence on me when I was a little kid, uh, TCM2, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, yeah. Amazing Stories, uh, Poltergeist, maybe. Maybe. There's a rumor that he actually did not direct. It was actually Spielberg. I'm not trying. I, listen. Yeah. I know how influential this guy is yeah. to horror. Uh-huh. It's, it's kind of funny. I didn't even know that he directed it. Yeah. I didn't even see it in my notes. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, about two weeks ago, me and Natalie, sometimes if we kind of are in the mood for a classic, mm-hmm. we'll put it on, but we'll do it with commentary. Oh, yeah. Because we like, you know, hearing yeah. inside stories. Yeah. Sam, any movie with Sam Raimi mm-hmm. and Bruce Campbell on um, audio commentary, mm-hmm. watch it. They're great. We couldn't get through 20 minutes of Texas Chainsaw with his commentary. He is one of the most boring sounding motherfuckers oh I've ever heard. He's like, yeah, this we just this we did what we did. Oh. And then we filmed it. And I think I'm that's like, how I'd be if I was doing audio commentary. He's like, yeah, that's what we did. You got to have right, pizzazz. Yeah. And that's something I don't have. I don't have pizzazz. Oh, you got pizzazz. Oh, thank you, baby. It's all in your hand. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, episodes of Amazing Stories, Freddy's Nightmares. Uh, the anthology movie with uh, John Carpenter, Body Bags. I've never seen it. It's great. Body it's great. Bags. John Carpenter plays a uh, plays a corpse that is doing the uh, interstitials, that, the framing story. Interesting. Yeah. Writing that down. Uh, the Dark Skies pilot. Dark Skies was this. Uh, I loved it. It was this TV show that came on in the 90s that was trying to cash in on the X-Files phenomenon. You know the only reason I know that that exists? What's that? It was in Marvel Comics. They ran an ad with a guy floating in light. Yes. And that's the only thing I've ever been exposed to. Okay, so, that. yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah, that's it, yeah. Is it good? Yeah, I liked it. It was set in the 60s about UFO conspiracies and stuff, and yeah, hmm. yeah, it was fun. Um, 
uh, the Taken miniseries, which is also it was a Steven Spielberg produced miniseries about UFOs. He did an episode of that, and he uh, recently did a, a, a movie called The Toolbox Murders, which I've never seen or heard of before this. Me neither. Then we have Gilbert Adler, the writer. He did four episodes of Freddy's Nightmares. He did Children, uh, Children of the Corn to The Final Sacrifice. <laughs> 11 episodes of Tales from the Crypt. This is his first one. He wrote Bordello of Blood, and he was producer on 69 episodes of Tales from the Crypt. Awesome. Yeah, nice. nice. <laughs> uh, also, Freddy's Nightmares, Bordello of Blood. These are all the things he produced. The House on Haunted Hill remake. Oh, cool. The 13 Ghosts remake. And Superman Returns, of all things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say, his work to transition this comic to this episode <laughs> is good. Because... If I was like, if you sat me down like, Bruce, here's the collection of comics and right. you should translate to film or TV, this would not be one of them. Bottom of the list. Absolutely not. Like this chucked into the fire. Right. 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 So he did a good job. <laughs> then we have James Raymer as Red. Right. This dude has been in a ton of stuff. He's one of those dudes that we talk about a lot that like, oh, yeah, I kind of know him. If, but then you've we, seen, if you've seen his face, you know who he is. Yeah, and then you look through his credits, you're like, oh my god, he's been in tons of shit. But you ne- he has a very iconic voice. Yes. Uh, he was in The Warriors. He was Ajax, part of the Warriors gang in that. Uh, he was in 48 Hours, uh, episode of The Hitchhiker. He was in Tales from the Dark Side, the Lover's Vow episode, with the artist. He who, was. Yeah, who, fi- who sees the gargoyle. That's yeah. the best story in the whole movie. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Um, Judge Dredd, he was in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Wait, no, wait. He's Raiden. He is Raiden, yes. yes. Uh, he was in the Psycho remake. He was in 18 Wheels of Justice, which I talked about a few episodes ago. Uh, the X-Files, Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, he had a recurring role on Sex and the City. Like the moment, like I show Grace, like who is this? She's like, oh, he was on Sex in the City. So like, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Blade Trinity, he was Hawkman in the Justice League cartoon. Uh, a, a, a show I liked, uh, Jericho. He was like a militia man in that. Pineapple Express, the Unborn. Flash forward, he was Dexter's dad in Dexter. You're right. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, uh, he uh, X Men First Class. He was one of the. He was like one of the generals, I think, in the the Bay the Bay of Pigs. Mm, okay. Um, of the Cuban Missile Crisis uh, scenes. Uh, he was sideswiping the Transformers movies. He was in Django Unchained. Uh, he was also, he was a voice in Legend of Korra. Really? Yeah, for We're several of the, uh, Tonrock? We're watching that right now. Yeah, he's I Tonrock. I think he's, yeah been in our show but he, we're still in first season uh once upon a time in hollywood he recurring role on black lightning and he's going to be in uh oppenheimer coming up or oppenheimer a really up. long successful yeah, career huge successful career that's awesome same with john reese davies as uh duvall i mean it, this is almost a legendary cast yeah if you think about it yeah oh yeah um like i won't go like because his his list of credits is even longer and i won't go through all of them but like indiana jones uh yeah he's sola indiana jones gimli yeah, yeah. Uh, we have an autographed picture of him in, ha- in our house oh. uh, with um, Grace and Tristan because they met him at a convention. And Tristan was like really young; he was maybe six, seven years old, uh-huh. right? Maybe even younger. And he asked him a question about playing Gimli, and he came out from around the table and like got down on his knees and like to talk to Tristan face to face and was like describing all the actions and stuff. Aww. Yeah, that's really sweet. Yeah, it's awesome. I've heard like some people say he's kind of rude in like meeting him, but that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's that, cool. Yeah. Um, the Living Daylights. He was a Russian general in that. Uh, that's um, James Bond movie. Um, he was Kingpin in the Trial of the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, <laughs> in like the old show. 
No, yeah, yeah. The, with Daredevil. The, the one with Daredevil. Yeah, he was Wilson Fisk. I did not know. Yeah. That. Wow. Yeah. Um, like uh, Indiana Jones: Last Crusade, the Unnameable Two, which is a fun '80s creature feature slasher film based on the H.P. Lovecraft story that that uh, does not resemble the story whatsoever, but it's still a fun movie. Yeah. Uh, the Untouchables TV series. He was Michael Malone in that. He was uh, he was a general in the Wing Commander video game series during like the full motion video yeah, sections of I them. Remember those? Uh, he was Macbeth and Gargoyles. Do you remember that cartoon? It was great. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was Macbeth. Was one of the best characters on there. Yeah, that, that's a really um, underrated cartoon. He was in Sliders. He was one of the main characters in that show. Uh, early eight, or, uh, no, mid '90s show where people were like basically jumping from like dimension to dimension, like multiverse kind of show. Ooh. Gimli, Lord of the Rings. Like I said, he was the Brian King and Aquaman, and most recently uh, Chupacabra Terror and Medium Raw. The Night of the Wolf. I don't know what those are. <laughs> I'm assuming Chupacabra Terror is about Chupacabras. Yeah. And he's going to be in Indiana Jones 5. Really? Yeah. He's still He's, he's still, still kicking it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Then we have Whoopi Goldberg as Pelligre. 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 The only reason I, I, <laughs> I heard it once and it stuck in my head because yeah. I have to remember names through association. Okay. So I remember Jack Black saying... La Tigre. La Tigre. Oh, okay. So I was like, Peligre. 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 Okay. The, col- the Color Purple. Jumping Jack Flash. A ghost, which she won an Academy Award for, which they talk about in the episode. I think she also won an Academy Award for The Color Purple. Did she? All right. Cool. Mu- I think so. I, I'm not cool. sure. All right. I mean, she's a legend. Muppet yeah. Babies. The View. The View. Yes. <laughs> Captain Planet. She was Gaia. Really? Yeah. She no was idea. the per- she was she was the one who gave them the rings to summon Captain Planet. No clue. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Sister Act 2, Star Trek. She was like uh, uh, an important role in the Star oh, Trek yeah. series. Big yeah. Um, or the next, next Generation. Lion King. She was one of the hyenas. Mm-hmm. Theodore Rex. <laughs> what? Yeah. She's a, she's a, tech, a detective that teams up with a, a detective, T-Rex. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Bordello of Blood. She has a smaller role in, the, role in that. Ghost of Mississippi, In and Out, the Chris Cochran movie. Seriously, go watch In and Out. The old Kevin Klein movie from like the mid nineties. Yeah. His brother in that is Chris. Oh wow. Yeah, seriously. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> um uh how Stella got her groove back. Uh she would actually play herself in Celebrity Dead Deathmatch. Wouldn't you? Yeah, oh one hundred percent. Super Babies, Baby Geniuses too. I just threw that in there because that's a funny title. <laughs> Entourage, 30 Rock, Glee, The Stand, and uh she's gonna be in Sister Act th- uh three. I like up. how you're listing, like we're listing everything. Yeah. Like people don't know who Whoopi. I know, I know, is. I know. And uh, she's going to be on a uh, uh, a Nancy Boys, which is uh, Neil Gaiman. It's going to be a TV series based on a Neil Gaiman book. I didn't even know there was going to be a Sister Act three. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. Wow, they're reviving everything. Then we have Denise Matthews, the former Vanity, as Katrine. So she was a Canadian pop star who had a few like minor hits. Yeah. Um, she was in The Last Dragon, 52 Pickup, Action Jackson, uh, Friday the 13th, the series, uh, and uh, episode of Silk Stalkings. What is that? Uh, that was a, that was like a sexy crime show that came on like USA or like CBS Late at Night back mm-hmm. in like the early 90s. I remember La Femme Nikita. As long, I don't know if it, it wasn't really along those lines, but yeah. And My so, range was La Femme Nikita and Red Shoe Diaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but she's really well known for having uh, romantic ties to a bunch of people in the music industry at, at various points. Mm-hmm. Like she was like romantically tied to Rick James. And I think most famously Prince 
uh, I always knew her as uh, Princess. Yeah, uh, and then like Adam Ant, she was engaged in Nikki Six for a while, um, and and then in the mid '90s, she married an Oakland Raiders player. Uh, uh, what is his name? Oh, I don't. I his name is slipping my mind right now. Uh, but they ended up uh, like they got married after knowing each other for like three days. What? Yeah. And then, you know, they had divorced for whatever reason, right? Um, and But then, like, he, just a few years ago, he was convicted of murder for killing three people. What? Yeah. And uh, Joe Deadlock on the fourth. Oh, wow. Yeah. What was his? Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to look it up right now, but someone's going to remember. Uh, so, yeah, he's serving three consecutive life life sentences without the possibility of parole oh, in California. Geez. Yeah. Um, and he was supposed to be a minister. Like he was doing like evangelical work at the time, he so did not know the assignment. Yeah, um, she had a long-running cocaine addiction, and she had an overdose and was in the hospital for like three months with kidney failure because of this overdose. Oh wow! And she claimed that at the time she's in the hospital, I mean, she may have been in a coma. That Jesus came to her and said, that, "Like you know, if you spread the gospel, I will save you." She became an evangelical preacher. And rejected all of the vanity stuff to the point where, like, she was going to throw away and burn everything, and a friend had to save like all the gold records and stuff. I apologize for calling her vanity. Yeah. I didn't. So know she that she was that serious. She gave up on that, and and like, but her kidneys were like to the point where she had to have dialysis like multiple times a day. Oh, she got a kidney transplant, and then she died just six, seven years ago. Of like, it sounds horrible. She had this. Um, uh, pertussis, which is the inflammation of the, like the lining in your abdominal cavity, mm. but it was hardening. Oh no! Yeah, so that's when she passed away just six years ago. Mm. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. So She's great in the episode. What's that? She's great in the yeah. episode. Yeah. So you want to get into it? Let's do it. Let's go. Once again, this is season three, episode six, "Dead Weight" (W A I T), which premiered July third, nineteen ninety one. The episode opens with the Crypt Keeper at the Crypt Keeper Travel Agency, surrounded by posters that say Transylvania sucks and lose your heart in San Francisco. He says, are you looking for some holiday fun? <laughs> They're offering uh, going to a scream park, a dead and breakfast, or treasure haunting like his friend Red. The episode opens with Red in a hotel room teaching himself chess as his partner, Charlie, arrives, who says that he has been tracking Duval for his rare black pearl. He's called Red because he has red hair. Yes, and which, they bring the way, it up a, bad, a lot. It's, it's a bad dye job. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But just know that Red has red hair. Mm-hmm. And like, they bring it up over and over and over again that he has red hair. Yes. Very important. Charlie tells Red that Duval practically owns this island and that he keeps his rare black pearl on his plantation in the mountains. They argue over the plans to get the pearl and Charlie swipes at the chessboard that Red has been working on. Charlie says, you ought to be doing your job instead of playing games. Red says, chess is more than a game. It improves your mind. Charlie says, you have to have a mind first. And this is my favorite part of the episode. Red pulls out a gun and shoots him in the heart and says, If you're so fucking smart, how come you're the one that's dead? 
<laughs> and he's saying this as he's falling down. So the last words Charlie heard is that, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Later at a bar, Red is having a drink as Duvall and his lady, Katrine. I'm going to try really, really hard to remember Katrine. Katrine, yeah. Because it's spelled in every single text and in the credits as Catherine. So I apologize yeah. in advance. His lady, Katrine, they enter the bar. Uh, Duvall has a clear limp, by the way. Red approaches their table and introduces himself. And he says they, that they heard that he, they need help running the plantation. Duvall allows Red to sit and have a glass of wine. Katrine lights Duvall's cigar for him as Duvall introduces her to Red. She tells Red how beautiful his, quote, natural hair is. Duvall says that on this island... Red hair is rare and unique. Red says that he has previously worked on a farm, but then Duvall inspects Red's hands and he doesn't see farmer's hands. And by the way, when he does look at his hands, we do get to see Duvall's hands and they are horribly, horribly scarred with lines everywhere. Mm -hmm. And Red notices this. Which is important later on too. Yes. Yeah. Red says that his hands don't look like they've been from a farm because he's been at sea in the Navy. Duval warns that there is a revolution going on in this island, which is never named, by the way. It is the Cuban Revolution. Oh, it is? Yeah, okay. I, I believe they are in Cuba. I don't think they ever name it. They never name it, but from like context clues, they're in Cuba. Okay, cool. So he says, hey, there's a revolution on this island. Red says, I've been in way more dangerous places. Duval asks if Red plays chess, and he says, yes, I do. Duval asks Katrine if he should hire Red. She licks her lips and says, what the hell? (laughs) Duvall repeats what she said and Red cheers with his wine glass. At the plantation, rebel gunfire is overheard as Katrine, Red, and Duvall enter Duvall's home. They're greeted by Duvall's spiritual advisor, Peligre. Peligre is fascinated by Red's hair. Duvall tells Red that they will play chess later once he is settled. Katrine says... If you need anything, and then walks away. Duval and Katrine go inside the house. Red says to Peligre, so are you a voodoo priestess or something? And she says, or something. (laughs) Yeah. Peligre walks Red to his living quarters, which essentially is like a a one-room hut. Mm -hmm. She says- With one of those like beds with a like mosquito net over it. Yeah. Four post bed with mosquito net over it. Right. Yeah. She says that people on this island believe that red is the color of life, and that's why people are so fascinated by his hair. Red asks, what is Duval's limp and the lines on his hands? <laughs> Peligre jokingly says that Duval is a witch doctor and is troubled by evil spirits, but then says that he has, quote, water worms, parasites that are in his blood. Yeah, and I don't know to the extent like if he has them, if that's a real thing, but uh, worm like parasites are common in water in like third world countries. that don't have yeah. access to like, this is almost, clean, I think in certain water. Yeah. I think in certain scenes later on, it's more like a, it's comically yes. exaggerated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Usually they end up in your eyes. Gross. Yeah. Didn't need to know that. Yeah. Yeah. They enter red's hut. And he is shocked to find a decapitated goat head nailed to the wall next to the front door. Peligre says, do not be frightened. It's for his protection. 
Red says, get that fucking thing out of here. In which Pleagrave replies, you should be careful about things you don't understand. And removes the goat head and leaves. Later, Red goes to Duvall's place. But no one is answering, so he lets himself in. He sees in the middle of the room a black pearl in a glass case. He kneels to look at it and is spooked from behind by Duvall. Duvall says, don't get too close. The alarm will sound. The commandant will not like being woke up at this hour. In which Red kind of looks at him and says, the, you mean the army? And Duvall says, oh yeah, they're way more reliable than the local police. It's the benefits of having friends in high places. <laughs> Red says, well, must be worth a fortune. And Duvall replies, yes, but some things are worth more than money. He then says, good night, Red. By the way, don't get old. There's no fun in it. No, there's not. I tell the kids at school that all the time. Right, right. Do what you can to avoid getting old. Well, I mean, don't say that. Well. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the comments and opinions of Spooky Bruce does not reflect those of Whore Ryan and the Crypt Keepers podcast. I suddenly realize how dark that thing I've been telling kids at school is. <laughs> Duvall limps to his bedroom as Red leaves and runs into Katrine. Katrine says... It's beautiful, the Black Pearl. Red says, Except I was under the impression that you were Duval's Black Pearl. I can't get through this without laughing. Because <laughs> this is the smoothest it, it, shit it I've ever heard. I don't know if it's smooth. It's, it's very cringy, but... I think it's smooth as fuck, but I mean... <laughs> so he says, I thought you were his Black Pearl. In which she says, No, I'm his Black Diamond. Ooh. Red reaches t- uh, right next to her, to a chessboard in which there are red and black pieces. He touches the the black queen and says, or maybe you're his black queen. But it ain't right. A beautiful woman with an old sick man. She says, he's very good to me. In which Red says, you mean him or his money? Oh. And Katrine says, well, you're one to talk. Red says, maybe he's right. There is something more important than money. And she says, like what? Red passionately kisses her. Then he takes the red king piece of the chess set and knocks over the black queen piece. And he looks at her in her eyes and said, says, red king takes black queen. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> and then the next scene, they're fucking in yeah. a hut. And uh, very vigorously. Very vigorously. And it must, I mean, the humidity I was, must be crazy. I was worried about the structural integrity of that bed. I, I mean, one sneeze and they're sliding because they're sweaty. Yes, they are. And that, it seems like they put her in when she was in movies and stuff in a lot of sexualized roles. Mm-hmm. And that is something that, that she, like, when she became an evangelical minister, was just like, I can't do that anymore. That's why, like, she really rejected, like, Hollywood and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, but that's, isn't that, would that, I mean, it's not, not, um, defending it, but that wasn't that the culture for um, very beautiful women models. To, yeah, to always be especially like sleazy things like tells in the crypt. <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Or silk stockings, or yeah, right, right, right. It's a product of, of its time for sure. Yeah. After the fucking Katrine says that she has to go to Duvall because he doesn't sleep very much anymore. Red says, "Do you know about his security system?" She says she doesn't, but stealing it isn't the hard part. Leaving with it is because of the rebels currently fighting the army in the revolution. Red says that he'll take care of that and asks if she wants in. 
But how are you going to take care of that? You you just going to fight the revolution on your own? Like, what's going on here, buddy? He's got red hair. Oh, yeah, it's true. What yeah. else do you need? Bruce? Yeah, yeah, they respect red hair on the island. Goddamn yeah. right. I have a red beard, so. No. <laughs> no, you know what? I don't want to go to this island. <laughs> <laughs> she, she yeah. laughs yeah she laughs and they toast their glasses of water that night red wakes up uh to a chicken with its throat cut flopping on the bed next to him that is a creepy ass scene it because is so it's gross. when he wakes up he wakes up because there's gunfire outside yeah somewhere nearby when he wakes up it is under the covers flopping yeah yeah it's ugh it Red. almost doesn't look like like a chicken when they, he he reveals it because it, it, the way it's thrashing and moving, it mm-hmm. does not look like a, a like well, a soon to be dead animal, like right. a living animal. It, it doesn't it doesn't look uh, it doesn't look right. Right. Red freaks out and he is and he jumps out of bed and is met by Peligre. She said, "What is wrong with you? Bringing that woman here? She'll take your soul and throw it away." Red says, you're the one who's crazy. Peligre says, I'm trying to protect you. And she leaves. Later, Red goes to Duval's house where there is Duval talking to soldiers. Katrine says that the rebels have taken the capital and they have to flee. Duval puts, uh, pulls Red aside and says that he's too old to run, but to take Katrine with him and keep her safe. Red and Katrine share a glance as he leaves. Later, at Red's hut, Katrine arrives to say the Duval and the soldiers are gone, but also, as she was packing her things, someone must have taken the Black Pearl. Red says, if you're fucking me, and he pulls out his gun, and Katrine says, we're partners. Which, by the way, she was fucking you. Yeah. 30 minutes ago. Yeah, you didn't seem to mind that then. <laughs> right. R- Red goes to Duval's house to investigate he hears a noise on the other end of the house and he investigates and it's Duvall packing away money and papers that were hidden in a safe they argue over the pearl and Duvall says that even if I wanted to give the pearl to you I can't touch it and he says that he's disappointed that they could have been friends that's a shame he really thought he was making a friend you think so yeah 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 I do too Duval pulls out his gun, but Red shoots him dead. Katrina arrives, and they search Duval and his bag, but they cannot find the Black Pearl. Red sees uh, unfl- uninflated balloons in his bag and deduces that the pearl must be inside Duval. Yeah, that's why he said, "I can't touch it right now." Oh, he pulls this out- dude was a drug mule before there's drug mules. Got it. Yeah. Hey, King. I don't know why I said that. I don't do. Yeah. <laughs> he rips Duval's shirt, revealing horrible lines all over his torso, and he takes yeah. out a switchblade knife. He cuts open Duval's stomach, revealing. Now, this is the part where I was like, "This must be exaggerated." Yeah. He cuts open his stomach, revealing literally hundreds of worms. Yes. Are yeah. just in his torso and stomach, yeah. and I'm like, I'm pretty sure you'd be dead. Yeah. If this was this bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Right. He he wouldn't just have a limp and be slow. Yeah. Right. He just yeah. had a limp and some lines on his skin. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. this implies that, like, he's more worms than me. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's almost comically uh, over-exaggerated. Katrine asks, well, what are you going to do? 
and Red, Red has some good lines in this episode. He says, you think I came all this way for some fucking worms to stop me? I mean, truth, right? I mean, yeah. He reaches and pulls out some intestines. Just as he cuts out the pearl, Katrine grabs Duval's gun on the ground and points it at Red. Katrine says, put down the pearl. And by the way, I'm pretty sure that she like, she changes her accent. Yes. <laughs> like she, she kind of has um, a stereotypical I don't, um, like island yeah, accent. Yeah, an island yeah. accent. And now she's like, put down the gun. Yeah. Like super. She like, becomes Canadian all of a sudden. Yeah. 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 Just then, Peligre punctures a voodoo doll of Katrine and she falls to the ground with a hole in her back. Peligre walks in and says, I don't want the pearl. If I did, I would have had it long ago. Oh. I want to get you out of here. You can't do it without me. She tosses uh, Katrine's doll onto Katrine's dead body, which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah. Red, who's still shook as fuck, by the way. (laughs) uh, His hands are covered in Duvall's wormy blood. He's got the pearl in his hands, and his boo has just been killed by magic. Yeah. He, He goes with her, and as they are close to her village, Peligre says, you know... That here, they say that the spirit lies in the head. You must have a special spirit. He turns to look at her as she swings her machete and decapitates him. Yeah, she she had said, like, as they're... He's assuming that they she, she is leading him to safety. Yes. And she, she says something to the effect of, if I had your red hair that I would be very powerful. And he was like, well, it wouldn't look right on you. And she's like, well, I don't need it to be on me. Right. Yeah. Falling to the ground, his hand releases the black pearl from its grip. She grabs the pearl, picks it up, laughs, and throws it over her shoulder. Then she grabs Red's decapitated head and walks towards her village as we fade to black. Dun, dun, dun. dun. You know, she does what Alfred talks about in The Dark Knight. What? That, you know, there there was this rebel leader, this insurgent wherever he was that was just killing people and selling these uh, jewel shipments and they're looking for him everywhere and they go into a village and then there's just kids playing with the jewels. Oh, right. And some men just want to watch the world burn. There you go. She just wanted to watch the world burn. Yeah. Oh, damn. I think, uh, because she's, you know, a priestess or something. I think that that is, uh, I mean, clearly a natural redheads, uh, head yeah. is worth more to her than the, a pearl that's yeah. priceless. Yeah, yeah. So we come back to... The, I would say this is one of my favorite post-episode bits mm-hmm. because it's not just the Crypt Keeper. Like, he has a full-blown conversation, yeah. and I thought this was genius. And I think, if I remember correctly, this is the first time an actor in a Tales from the Crypt episode is in one of these bits. Arnold. But he wasn't in the episode. He directed it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. If I remember huh. correctly. You're right. Yeah. So I just thought this was super clever. And huh. so as we fade to black, we come back to the set of a talk show. Like um, like Late, late night, night with David Letterman and Johnny Carson. Yeah. And Crib Keeper set is in the host chair. And he says, talk about being headed off at the pass. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. His guest is obviously Whoopi Goldberg. And he says, I loved you in the killer purple. Congrats on the Academy of Weird. <laughs> and she's correcting them the whole time. Oh, like, yeah. And Whoopi says. Whoopi, this little boy get his, his lines out. Come on. Right. You got, he's got to get his. Whoopi says, 
I want you to be in my next movie. And she leans down and grabs a machete. And she says, it's a bit part. Cryptkeeper says, oh, I'm flattered. <laughs> and she takes her, she like sharpens her fingernail with the machete. And she says, but you don't know what bit I want. <laughs> the Crib Keeper says, well, as long as I'm not left on the cutting, cutting room floor. <laughs> and the episode ends. Yeah, this this was a this was a fun one. I yeah. enjoyed it. Uh, it had this uh, um, pulpy noir kind of feel to it. It did. Yeah, I would say it, it's more. I have more appreciation for this episode now that I've read the comic. Oh my god! Because this whole uh, Peligre, yeah, black, black magic. I don't say black magic. Um, of I guess they're, they well, they did say voodoo. They did say well. He asked her if she was a voodoo priestess, and she was like, "Well, something like that." Right. So she's not really, you know, it's just, and we talked about this on the supernatural. It's something. supernatural. So, or, you know, there's nothing actually even supernatural in this episode. Right. Right. She is just, um, she is doing. Well, the voodoo doll. Oh, that it's, that's right. You are right. So she does have some sort of magic. You are. Yeah. yeah. I'll say magic. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it, it goes back to what we were talking about when we first talk about voodoo on this series which you where, did a great job by the way what's that when you were you did your bit on voodoo the different types the different types saying, and like how segment. it how you know there's like been this like cultural fear in america and much of the world about voodoo because of the haitian revolution right whatever and you know that a lot of it is tied with like well you know the the ways of black people are strange and they're dangerous to the the white culture or white people whatever and we kind of see this here with like you know you can't trust them right because they they will betray you their their weird ways will make them betray you so you right. can never trust a black person so i thought it was interesting there was a part when if i remember correctly with the chicken yes in which he's like you're the crazy one you know you're insane and yeah she's like you need to res- you need to um, it's be the, respectful to what it's you don't understand. The ram's head was it okay? Yeah, because she's like you know your ways seem weird to me, which right. is true because if you were to walk into a, ch- a Catholic church, you'd see a half nude man strung up bleeding right from a crucifix, and that's that's pretty weird. It's pretty weird and traumatizing, right? If you didn't know what you're walking into, yeah, yeah. Especially because God's not real. But <laughs> <laughs> but you know. You know, things like those worms. That makes me think, like, God can't be real. <laughs> what God would allow that? Right. Uh, yeah, I loved the episode. I thought it was uh, it was fun. They they made the comics so much better. And yes. This is probably one of the best cast. Yeah, absolutely. As so far as, like, so just far, star yeah. power and, yeah. um, you know. That was wonderful. And this shows, I think... This and Arnold, and I think there's a couple instances in season three. Tom Hanks shows up at some point. Right. Yeah. Uh, and a young Brad Pitt. This is peak popularity of Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Uh, season three onward. I'd say probably season three to season five. Maybe, yeah. It's probably yeah. peak. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is when they had a music video. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I have upstairs, I have the vinyl record of, uh, you know. They had a movie. Yeah. Was the movie before or after the series ended? I believe it was during. During, okay. It was, it was 1997 when the show ended, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, something like, something like that. 96. Yeah. No, I think it was like 96. Oh, I completely blanked. What's that? Have we... Did we record after Natalie met the Crypt Keeper? We have not. No. Holy shit. Yeah. So, can I... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um. So, 
I um, completely forgot to mention this, but I want to give a huge shout out to Natalie, uh-huh. my wonderful girlfriend. Um, I actually had a minor surgery uh, a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. and just through circumstances of that, plus finances and stuff, we were not able to go to um, Scarefest. Yeah, a, we we have a we know we've I've been going since 2013. Yeah, every year, um, but. Um, we are going on a trip to Hawaii in the beginning of January hey. and we had planned on going like in April, but we had to move it up for just, you know, logistical reasons. Right. Uh, so we're like, well, we got to save money for that. So we're like no scare fest this year. Right. Yeah. Um, well, you know, uh, we weren't going to go and a couple of days, I think the day before my surgery, we went to an art show mm-hmm. in which they had a raffle and the winner got tickets to scare fest. This was at Gore club, right? Uh, it was no. Is that Planet of the Tapes? Oh, okay. I, well, okay. I mean, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Planet of the Tapes hosted by the Gore Club. Shout out to the Gore Club. Yeah. Um, they were having an art show, and Natalie won the raffle. She won tickets to Scarefest, and so I'm like, hey, I'll be okay. I just need to rest post surgery. Yeah. I'll be good at home. Don't worry about it. Go enjoy. You won tickets. Like go. Yeah. And not only she went, she had a great time. Uh, she went with her friends Ray and Denise. And one of the big kind of disappointments is um, John Cassier was there. The yeah. voice of the Crypt Keeper was there and she met him, gave him a sticker of this podcast. They have a picture together with him holding yeah. uh, the sticker, which was his idea. Apparently, yeah. And he signed my copy of Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. That's awesome. And I can't thank her enough. Um, so what do we have for next time? Oh no, we still gotta do the comic. Oh shit, we do. Oh god. Yeah, that's why I said that's why I apologize because I was like, oh no, Fuck. I could put I should have told this story before. So hey, in editing, editing. if you want to put this in the beginning, the part about Scarefest, you I don't know. Maybe. Or I just I, I might just keep me like me being so desperate to avoid the comic. <laughs> I forgot that's what I'm saying. To like, do it. I felt bad about bringing it up, but also I thought that was a better story than the oh, comic. Much better than this. But by the way, this comics. is really short, by the way. So very short. Yes. Um, so this is a uh, vault of horror. Number 23 mm-hmm. written by Bill Gaines and Al Feldstein with art by Jack Davis and coloring by Marie Severin. Mm-hmm. Now, normally we say queen, but no one did a good job here. <laughs> I thought, I mean, her work is good. It's more just, the writing. Someone, someone, oh, and the art. It's exaggerated. The art is bad. Like, not, not, I mean, the art is good art. Let me, let me put it that way. What's bad is there is a very terrible caricature of a black person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, which is funny because it's not in Africa, it's in Indonesia. Really? That island is in, the island they keep mentioning is in Indonesia. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Red worms his way into the... See, I have to use that again. You didn't catch it the first time. Worms. Worms. Yeah. Red worms his way into the confidence of Duval, a plantation owner in in Indonesia and owner of a -a one-of-a-kind black pearl. He befriends Kulu, Duval's house servant, and the two begin plotting the theft of the pearl. After they murder Duval and take take their prize, Kulu promises to lead Red away to safety on a native canoe. However, he takes Red to his village, where he reveals he is seeking a different kind of prize. Dun dun dun! dun. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, we're <laughs> <laughs> you know, we gonna knock it out. Yeah, this one is actually it's weird because it's told mostly in flashbacks. Yes, and I think the the theft starts as the very start. Yes, or it's around the start, and then they they go through how he met Red and befriended him. It, it's over like a four year period. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is the I think they should have changed the name of the episode because no one waits. Yes, no really. one waits in the episode. They wait in the comics because when he goes to the island, he waits for him for like weeks to show up at this bar he yeah. normally comes to. And then befriends him, works on his plantation. There's not a lot of waiting in the episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so once again, this is Dead Weight from Vault of Horror number 23, which uh, came out February 1952. <sighs> you know, as an aside real quick, they did a lot of like really progressive things with the comic. Yes, they did. Yeah. Trying to dispel, you know, our ideas of like bigotry and race and mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Uh, we see that a lot. This is not one of those times. It is not. This is a huge stumble. Um, you probably remember specific things that I don't because I intentionally did not write the things that they said that I felt was like. Yeah. I mean, at one point, much. like he called, like Kulu calls himself the house boy. And it's just, he, the, well, the word massa is, uh, yes, uh, which he, spell it's spelled that way. He talks in that, like, uh, um, stereotypical slave talk. Right. That you, uh, I think movies. they're called savages at one point. Yeah. It's, it's bad. Yeah. I never, I don't write any of that down. Cause yeah, I was like, it's, it's not just, pertinent to the story yeah. and it's just a, a bad, do we even want to go over it? Cause it, it's just the same story. Basically there's it no literally take me two seconds. Okay. Yeah. Go but ahead. It, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, red st- at the beginning of the, um, I will say that the splash page is cool because it is like red hovering over Duval shooting him yes so like at least that you know that part is like very eye-catching yeah you know uh red stands over the dead body of his plantation boss duval uh that he just shot red opens duval safe as a uh kulu the native looks behind him red says four years i've waited and now it's mine red sees kulu and tells him that duval is dead and he can stop being scared kulu guides red to a boat to get away then we have a flashback of the very beginning of the story. Yeah. Red waited three months uh, to be noticed by Duval and a year tra- uh, tracing the black pearl to his plantation. I think when he gets the black pearl out of the safe after sh- after killing Duval, Kulu seems scared of it. Uh, it yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. really weird and... I think it's just to show, like, oh, how superstitious he is. and Right. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Red gets a job working for Duval, and the narration says Duval would... Oh, God, I did write this down. In <laughs> uh, the narration... So Red gets a job working for Duval, and the narration says Duval was thrilled to have another white man on the island, so he jumped at the chance to hire Red. Uh, yeah. You know, um, you know why there's not many white men on the island? There's a reason because you all are colonists exploiting those people. Right. Red, the, um, Red manages the plantation for Duval and they play chess together every so often. One night, Duval speaks of the pearl but clams up once Red asks too many questions. Another night, Kulu goes to Red asking to be his servant. Red agrees and says, But keep out of my hair. Lol. Oh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> then we flash again to two years later, and Duval tells Red that he own, that he does own the Black Pearl, but says that he would be a fool to tell him where it is. Then we have another time jump. <laughs> For one year later, Duval tells Red that where his safe is, and Red asks to see the the uh, rare pearl. Duval initially refuses, but Red offers to give Duval his gun 
as Red looks at the pearl. Duvall agrees, and Red uh, speaks of how beautiful the pearl is. But in this, Red memorizes the combination to Duvall's safe. Red tells Kulu to get uh, a boat ready for tonight. And now it's tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and now we jump again to tonight. <laughs> There's like four time jumps. Red is in the boat with Kulu telling him how he wasted four years. Not wasted. Waited four years to get this pearl. So now this is after the murder. Yeah. So the murder happens in the, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So he also tells Kulu that I treated you pretty rough the past four years. I don't know why you stuck with me. Right. So this guy has it coming. Right. Red notices native drums uh, in the distance. Uh, Red, confused, turns around and Kulu decapitates him. Kulu, holding Red's head to his fellow villagers, says, Three years I waited and now it's mine. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. Yeah. So that's it. (laughs) I don't even think they even said anything about his red hair, was it? It was just, I just cut off a dude's head. Right. Um, no, cool. they never, at least in Peligre, which, by the way, Peligre is a way better character than Kulu. Yeah. Because Kulu is just the most stereotypical mm-hmm. backwards uh, yeah. caricature that you could make. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, there's no magic. No. There's hardly any dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, and there's four time jumps. So, it's, <laughs> it's rather, I mean, if you think about it, the episode that we just described. Yeah. This was the source material for it. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. It's really impressive. Yeah, that they were able to uh, polish that turd. They polished Man, so much it of was that shiny <laughs> and they put some perfume on it. They made that they made that pearl uh, not quite a coal, not quite a diamond. Maybe a bit of coal. Right. Look, yeah. uh, you know, there's a little bit of shine. Yeah. But there wasn't before, but uh well, at least really it's useful it. now. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's it. Um yeah. Uh, overall, I think uh, definitely, like we said, the episode is way better. I- I'll give uh, like a B minus to the yeah, episode. It's yeah. good. It's yeah. it's not a bad waste of time. No uh, stuff. But, you know, uh, I had trouble getting into it at first, but once it got moving, I think maybe five ten minutes into it, I was like, okay, yeah. Uh, I got into this. it right away because <laughs> the moment that uh, Red says, "Well, if you're so fucking smart, how come you're dead?" <laughs> I was like, "Yes, okay, we're good. <laughs> Here, let's go." So now. What do we have up next time? I didn't write that down. <laughs> oh, no. I did, though. Next up, we have The Reluctant Vampire. Oh, I, Ooh, I remember that. one of your favorites. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, based on the story from Vault of Horror, number 20. I can't wait. It's yeah. going to be way better than this one. <laughs> yes. I think. At yeah. least, hopefully, the source really is. But. A lot less racist. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> but uh, once again, we want to thank everyone for listening. Yeah. And we hope everyone had a very safe and fun Halloween. Absolutely. Um, send us your recommendations. Uh, what did you watch during the spooky season? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Barbarian is good and uh, Cabinet Curiosities. Um, Mixed feelings about that. Yeah. I liked it, but I'm not I'm not done with it yet. Um, uh, we also watched um, Dahmer. Okay. We watched that. Yeah. Uh, that was a hard watch. Okay. Yeah. Almost teared up during an episode. Wow. Yeah. Very yeah, impactful. Wow. Um, but I yeah, started, I, uh, I, I started playing the original Fatal Frame. You told me about yeah. that. Yeah. And that? Uh, uh, the first jump scare in it, I was like, nope, uh-uh, I'm done. Really? <laughs> I'm done. I want to give it a shot. Doing this. <laughs> I want to give it a shot. But uh, yeah, send us, uh, what did you watch and what did you do this uh, spooky yeah. season? But um, we have socials. We do have socials. You can find me at Mr. Spooky Bruce on Twitter. I think my Halloween handle is still up. So it's like uh, the 
Spooky Bruce 2, Dead by Bruce. Nice. Yeah, or Bruce by Dawn or something, something like awesome. that. Uh, you can catch me at Horror Ryan on Twitter. You, we also have a show at Crypt Keepers Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And Twitter. And we also have an email address. It is Show at the gmail.com. All right. And if you like the show, share it on your social, me- social medias and leave a rating and review on the podcast app of your choice. Thank you all so much. And see you soon, kitties. Red King takes Black Queen. Should I just go ahead and say the big gift that she gave me? Yeah, it was the big gift that she gave you. Okay, this take this is a story. I'm sorry, but th- this is better than the actually. Comic. You know, like I don't, I don't know that because I haven't seen you since the last time we recorded. Well, no, I, we tried to record last week, right, for Halloween. But uh, yeah, go on. So uh, I have to give a little backstory for the the joke to land. But <laughs> when we first started dating. We, um, Natalie and I, we watched a bunch of uh, Friday the 13th movies. Mm-hmm. And my favorite character. <laughs> oh, 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 no, no, I know what this is now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite character in Friday the 13th is Shelly mm-hmm. from Friday the 13th, part three. He's he, kind of goofy, class prankster. clown, prankster, a little overweight, goofball. He uh, is important to the series because he originally has the mask that Jason ends up wearing. Yes, correct. And uh, my favorite line in the whole movie is he is he's about to have a blind date to go to the cabins Mm -hmm. for the weekend. And when they open the door and she sees him for the first time and she says, hello, he just says, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so uh, when we watch that movie, I'm trying to remember the actor's name um, who played Shelly. It starts starts with a Z. You know what? I'll save you here real quick. Uh, But while you do that, I'll have more backstory. So, when we watched that movie, I made my social media profile picture Shelly. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of her friends asked, Hey, are you dating this guy? Sheldon she, Finkelstein. No, I mean, like, actor. oh, no, that's, Shelley, that's Shelley's name. That's actually, this is the actor. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a Z. Uh, Larry Zimmer. Larry Zimmer. And so is it I Zimmer had a. Or Z- Z- Zerner. Hang on a second. Zerner. Larry Zerner. Zerner. Yeah. So I had Larry Zerner's picture on my profile. For a couple weeks, and all her friends thought that she legitimately was dating that guy, <laughs> and she was annoyed. She's like, "God damn it, come on!" And so I, you know, changed my profile. Fast forward to now, I have my surgery, and my surgery was a vasectomy. Uh-huh. Uh, recovery's great, everything's good, and <laughs> Natalie met him at Scarefest, <laughs> and she got. A photo of the photo fo- of the picture that I had as my profile picture. <laughs> he was he was uh, doing autographed copies of that picture because it's a very yeah yeah, photo. yeah yeah yeah. She had him sign to Ryan. I hope your balls feel better. <laughs> and to know the inside joke that her and I have over this character in yeah. this movie, yeah, for her to do that, it was amazing. That's great. I can't wait to frame it. It's going right here. <laughs> Uh, I, you can't see it at home, but in our horror movie room, there's a Friday the Thirteenth wall. Yeah, I have a Friday Thirteenth yeah. wall where it's uh, multiple posters. One of them signed by um, uh, uh, Kane Hodder. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm definitely going to get it on that wall. I think yeah, that'd be super we cool. both have Friday the Thirteenth walls in our homes. You got the kitchen. Though. I got yeah, it's yeah, an yeah, entire it's Friday the Thirteenth kitchen. Yeah, which it got even it has even more stuff in it now. Yeah, nice. I got to see it. Yeah, but yeah, that's the that's kind of the backstory, and so. 
um, we'll have to post uh, this stuff on the social medias. Oh yeah, with all the stuff. Oh um, yeah, especially the the photo of uh, John Kassir and the I think we did we did post that. Oh, we did. We did post that. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, then I will uh, put the photo <laughs> of um, Shelly wishing my balls best wishes. Oh, that's so nice of him. So nice. So cool. So shout out uh, to Natalie. Uh, that was wonderful. 